Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Book Journeys Radio. This is Angela Loria from The Author Incubator, and we are here this week with Helen Noble. Helen is the CEO of the skin company Bella Crema, and she is the author of 25,000 Seeds, Where Love Grows. So what we're going to do this week is we are going to talk to her. We're going to learn what these 25,000 seeds are exactly, find out a little bit more about how Helen has made a difference in the world, and these are lessons that she has learned in her journey of transformation into becoming an author uh, that will help you on your journey. So I'm very pleased to welcome with us all the way from Florida, the nice warm sunshine state, Helen Noble. Helen, say hi to everybody. Hello. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, well, thank you. So I want to know what these 25,000 seeds are. Tell us about your book. Okay. So, in fact, um, as I discovered, um, well, first let me back up. And I took a cycling trip in the Midwest to Ohio to farm country. And I went there completely open to whatever would come up. And so I, I went there curious. And um, and so what I discovered was how amazing, amazing nature is and how, you know, how crops grow and how incredible the, the whole ecosystem is um, out there. And so I discovered that it takes 25,000 seeds to plant an acre of almost any crop, so whether it's corn, whether it's wheat, sunflowers, uh, whatever whatever you're planning to grow. But also, and what really struck me was in life, just as in nature, you know, some seeds grow and some don't. So the book is about the fact that we plant our hopes, our dreams, our desires, and then we have to take the steps, you know, the actions, not forcing anything, but just mm-hmm. allowing the seed to grow, to sprout, and to create whatever our dreams have been. Wow. So the character is just a beautiful metaphor, I think, for so many things in our lives, right? <laughs> it sure is. And, and that was why... Um, you know, that, that was why I was compelled to write this book. So have you, this is your first book, yes? This is actually my second book, but my first novel. And, okay. Um, I wrote a, and what was your yeah, first book? Yeah, I wrote a non, pardon me. Um, I had written a uh, nonfiction book, and you know, that related, was business related. And okay. then... Uh, then I realized that, you know, maybe I've got a novel in me. So, yeah, I went from there. So, very interesting. So, when did you write your first book? Let's talk about, I want to talk about your transformation really into the first time you became an author and and how, how long from your first idea to write a book. So, I think... The second time around is pretty powerful. Most people learn, as you have, 
that book writing can be addictive. Once you get your first one done, for very few people is the first to last. Um, so I want to talk about that first book that you wrote. And, um, you know, we don't, we don't have to get into the content necessarily, but when did you get the idea and then how long did it take you to, to finish that book? Well, so the creative process is pretty amazing. And I was, I was working. Um, I had started my skincare company. And it was, you know, work, work, work. And it was, um, it was separate from the rest of my life. You know, so mm. if I wanted to have fun, well, I had to, I had to schedule that. If I wanted to, you know, have a life, so to speak, well, I had to schedule that. And it was so out of balance. And so one day I, I sort of sat with that and I thought, wait a minute. There must be some reason I'm in this beauty business. You know, people would say, you know, what do you do? Well, I'm in the beauty business. I have a skincare company. All of a sudden, one day I thought, you know what, maybe there's more to me being in the beauty business. And what does that mean? So I sat with it. I, I meditated on it. And I came to know that I'm in the beauty business, and I see beauty all around me. Well, it didn't take long that I had to write a book, and it just um, it just came out of me. So I wrote a uh, I wrote a nonfiction book called Being Simply Beautiful, and mm-hmm. it it's beauty tips from the outside in. Oh, and just I love that. <laughs> so, well, let me ask you this. If I hey, this is a hard question, I'm putting you on the spot. So, um, but if I were to ask you what your what's your what's your mission? What do you want for women? Why are you in the beauty space? What what is what's your story there? Yeah, I want all women to know how incredibly beautiful, how how magnificent they really are. So every one of my books. And I'm working on another one now, um, but the the main purpose of each book is really to let no, women know how glorious they are. Wow! And why why is that important to you? Where did you discover that? Have you known that since you were little, or was that something you came into? Maybe it is something that I discovered when I was younger because I I came up in a very holistic um, family background, and then I studied Eastern philosophy. So, yeah, I've always been, um, you know, health and well-being has always been an important part of my life, and so I've always shared that with friends. And so I was kind of the the go-to friend, and then, you know, friends of friends would have questions. And um, so... But then when I was in my 50s and I started a skincare company, that was when it really became evident to me that people sometimes really hold on to their youth in fear rather than experiencing the joy of who we become as we get older. No, is that what happens, says the girl who is about to turn 40 and is completely obsessing right now. Oh, there you this go, is, girl. This is the perfect time for me to hear that. This interview is apparently just for me. Say more. 
Um, and so, wow. So you started your company, your beauty company was started actually when you turned 50? I was, yeah, in my 50s. And so, um, I mean, the way that it started was I, there wasn't anything on the market that I liked or, Mm -hmm. you know, anything. And I had sensitive skin, and so you know things just didn't feel good. And and I know I know something of science and bioscience and medicine. So I was, you know, I'd look at ingredients, and I just didn't feel comfortable putting these things on my body. So I had a background, and I could create my own. And it's healthy, and it's you know nurturing, and and it works, and that's what was important. <laughs> wow. So our theme in the Author Incubator is to use your energy as an author to make a difference. And many people that come to me have found and that listen to the show have had a tragedy. Frankly, this is a lot of what happens. is They've had something terrible happen. They've gone through something hard. You know, maybe it's a divorce or the loss of a loved one or a bad experience with an adoption or something. And that caused them to want to make a difference in the world. And they wrote their book really thinking, I'm going to write this book and tens of thousands of people are going to find it and I'm going to help people. And along the way, they either ended up starting a business that supported their book to help people or found some other way as a speaker or a coach or something to help them make a difference. With you, it sounds like you actually figured out that you wanted to make a difference and you started with the company to, you know, help women have healthier and better skincare products. And then you, after you had your company going, then you started working on a book to help support your company and support that mission. Is that the order of events for you? It is the order, although I'd love to say that I was exempt of any pain, but unfortunately all of this came after a divorce. So, Ah. yes, (laughs) we all sort of step out of the nest or, you know, Mm -hmm. get that gentle little little nudge. Sometimes um, not so gentle. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, I'm being kind. Um, But then, you know, that helps us fly. Absolutely. Well, that's great. So getting getting back to your book, so you decide you're going to write this book, your first nonfiction book, and from the idea that it, from the time the idea popped in your head, I'm going to write a book, until you were holding the book in your hand. Can you give us a sense of what that timeline was like for you? Um, well, it was different with a nonfiction book versus my most recent book. So what happened with the nonfiction book was, yes, I sat down one day and boom, 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 I just um, wrote down all the beauty tips. They were definitive. I knew them. They were, um, you know, powerful. And the book was done. And I would say it took me, it took me less than a year, just less than a year to to write it and have it edited and get it out the door. That's amazing. Phenomenal. That is a clear vision. It was. And that's why um I'll briefly compare it because 
The novel, on the other hand, was an absolute mystery. I was stepping out of my comfort zone. I knew that I needed to write a novel because I needed characters to emulate what the, you know, the, the characters could, could have the stories, you know, just like what you were talking about earlier, about everyone has a story of what happened in order to help them move on. So my characters were learning. I gave them um, a lesson in life, let's say, and that was to let go, you know, letting go of our past. And so um, I gave each character the lesson, and they handled it in their own way, and I could, I could create stories around that. Mm. And that was fun, and that took longer. That took a year and a half. Um, okay, including publishing and everything? Yes. Well, um, I had a, an agent be in touch with me um, after I sent out queries, and they said it would take two years to get the book out. And I just didn't have that time element in my mind. So I self-published it. And, you know, and I end up doing the marketing and, and all of that. And But there's help to be had when you need it. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. And so, and and what during the process, really surprised you or was harder than you thought it would be? What What's something that really wasn't what you expected it would be like? Either your first or second time, I guess. Um, I'll go with the second time with the novel. Because the novel, of course, is a, a much longer book. Um, I think it was just being diligent to to, you know, tie up all loose ends and to be able to take a story from its inception and, you know, give it life, like really breathe real lives into all of these characters. So they, so I had to create these people with, you know, so-called in the pages, real lives. And that was difficult. Hmm. And did you experience writing those times? Um, well, no, not really, which was amazing. Um, I, you said writer's block. Um, I would take walks. So hmm. my walks became sacred. And I would hmm. have paper and pencil and um, I would just come home with notes. And then while I was drinking water, um, I, would, I would just sit there with the notes and then start, you know, shuffling them around, figuring out where they would fit best. So they were just like little creative spurts, or I would sort of leave the house with a question, you know, what am I going to do with um, Claire's problem with Ben? And I'd just come home with all these notes in all this, you know, strange order 
and then I would fill in the blanks. Wow. So walking and water are two tips that you would suggest for other writers? Oh, that's great, Angela. Yes, absolutely. I know for me, uh, both of those, when I'm coaching clients one-on-one, we spend a lot of time on both of those. For me, swimming does what, for a lot of people, walking does. Um, It just kind of gets you. There's something. I'm sure there's some science behind it, but somehow when your body is moving, it opens up different channels of creativity, and sometimes ideas can come together in a way that racking your brain doesn't lead to. Mm, Um, And water, I think staying hydrated is really key, especially if you're having um, problems with focus. I find that water can really, just staying hydrated and staying on top of that can make a big difference with scheduling time and keeping up with your commitments. Did you make a commitment to write every day or write once a week? What was your writing schedule like? Once the... um Once that first draft was written, it became exciting to me. So in Mm. the beginning, no, I didn't write daily. Um, There wasn't really a schedule. It was just uh, when when I felt, you know, compelled to. Um, But I also knew that I would follow through on it. So I did, you know, I did want to, to write a book. So... I was disciplined in that respect, but by the time the second, by the time I got to the second draft, and in other words, people read my first draft, were brutally honest in many ways. Um, I took the notes and couldn't wait to start expanding the story, and then it got more and more exciting. You know, after I gave those notes to people, after I gave that manuscript to people. By the time I got to the third draft, I was writing every day because I couldn't wow. wait. What but was from a place of joy and freedom, not from a place of, oh, my God, I have to write or I'm not going to meet, meet my deadline. Exactly. That right. That's the big thing. I call that your identifying your author feeling state or your AFS, and we talk in the author incubator about your author feeling state needing to be at a positive 6 to a positive 10 for writing to just flow. And I actually think there's a negative spiral. If you if you write below what I call that positive 6 state, if you try and write when you're in a negative frame of mind or even when you're in a slightly positive state of mind, it can actually slow down your book process. It can slow down your book by creating a negative loop that is un, it's unfulfilling and then you start to have negative thoughts about your book or about writing, and and it can pull you down. So one of the things that I teach is either through water or walking or meditation or some other um, tips and tricks is to get yourself into that positive feeling state before you start writing. Then what it does is it creates that flow. So you reached a point where you were always in a positive author uh, feeling state and you couldn't wait to write and that's how you write a book with joy and ease instead of you know bashing your head against a wall in a cabin in Maine so I think that's I think that's a great lesson so give me this is one of my favorite questions I ask every author and I want you to think of something very specific I always 
um, use the weight loss metaphor. We're going to do a, a makeover. We're going to do a before and after story for you. Tell me one thing out of being an author uh, that happened uh, that would not have happened if you were not an author. So I'm looking for a, a before and after. Before I was an author, this never would have happened, and after I had this opportunity or this experience or what? Tell me, tell me a good before and after story. I think it would be that I integrated all the parts of my life thanks to creativity. So uh, what I mean by that is there was a time when, like many people, where, you know, work was work, family was family, social was social, and on and spirituality was spirituality. In other words, things didn't cross over. Things weren't integrated. The creative process, and especially writing this novel, this last book, really changed the way I view life. Um, the create the creativity made me cross over into every area of my life, and that was that was a huge change in me. And and how did that how did that show up for you? How did that how did that make it? Was it a happiness thing or? Have you met people you might not have met or had different business transactions? Was there anything uh, other than the feeling state, which is important, but how did that manifest? Oh, probably it's happiness. So it is a feeling state, but you know that when we feel good about life, it, it shows up in every area. So it shows up in my relationships. It shows up in my, you know, just in everything I do. Yeah, that's the thing I wanted to get to is it's not like you're just quietly off in a corner being happy, right? That happiness translates into better relationships, better – I'm going to guess your business has probably done better. Maybe somebody has found your book that ended up, you know, making a purchase or doing a partnership or something. Um, and I love to see how those concrete changes start to evolve. Oh, definitely. I mean, the the inner reflects the outer. And so it it affects all parts of your life. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. So... Let's let's flip the script a little and tell me what you wish you knew before you became an author. What have you what have you learned the hard way? Maybe not about writing, it could be about promotion or getting speaking gigs or what what do you wish you knew before you wrote your book? I wish I had known more about social media. You know, I really Say more feel about that. that Well, I feel that that's been an area that I have not um, that I just haven't monopolized on, or I haven't um, given that the attention that it needs. So while the speaking has taken off and book signings and, and that kind of thing, being a, a person that's far better one on one, the social media is so far, you know, such a far reaching, but 
I have never gotten onto that the way I should, the way other very successful authors have. And and so tell me more. What have you what have you done? Is that something you've explored or? It still it still is up there, um, high on the the list of things that need to to really be integrated into the uh, the whole marketing plan. Uh huh. Okay. So you've put it on your checklist, and it's something you're going to explore, but you wish you knew that ahead of time. What are there other things in terms of marketing? I think a lot of people before they finish their books don't know what the what the distribution and sales process is like, what their responsibilities are as an author. So certainly having a social media presence is one of them. Anything else that you've had to learn on the back end that if you knew before you might have done something differently? Um, you know, as far as book signings go, it's important to um, stay a couple of months out ahead of yourself. So I might have a good month, and then I, I fell, you know, I fell short in the next month, or you know, something like that. So it's important to be looking um, probably 60 days out um, to be very effective with scheduling book signings. Hmm. That's interesting. And have you done? Uh, you've done book signings. I and have. have you- in bookstores, or where have you done them? Both. So your um, your local bookstores will often have like local uh, local author days. So it's um, it's good to you know look at Barnes and Noble or Books a Million or you know any of the your local bookstores and find out when they have local author days. And then wow, find- I didn't know that one. You just gave me a tip. Nice. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, because they they do want to encourage local authors, just like the art community wants to encourage um, local artists, you know, to come out of the woodwork. Um, yeah. Thing, wow. Okay. Another thing that I did, I mean, here's a tip: is um, our local art gallery that's like a city gallery. So it's not the art museum, but it's like a, a, a nice gallery in town. Well, so um, I'm also a photographer. I, I love photography. So while I, was, while I was taking this cycling trip in Ohio, I had taken a lot of great photos. So I thought, well, how can I, how can I put all of this together? So I went to them with an idea of could we do a crossover, um, you know, a crossover in art. So the gallery is going to be exhibiting my photos just for a day, but I also get to do a talk, and they're inviting all of their database, you know, all of their, the people on their list, and that's another opportunity to sell books. Yeah. That is wonderful. That's exactly the kind of thing that if you went to them and you said, hey, I've got some pictures, can I put them up in your you know, gallery, they're probably not going to say yes. You show up and you ask that question and you also have a book and suddenly there's this legitimacy and really just a, an understanding, kind of a, a bucket to put you in. 
And that's when opportunities open up. So that's actually the perfect before and after story that I like to tell about how your life can be different after you become an author in ways that you wouldn't even necessarily imagine or project, uh, you know, if you didn't if you didn't have that uh, opportunity as an author. So I just definitely really want to acknowledge uh, your your two books. Um, and so uh, let's uh, 25,000 Seeds. And where can people go if they want to find out more about that book or maybe buy so it? They, uh, yeah, they can either go to Amazon or they can go to my website, which is um, Helen Noble, my name, HelenNoble.com. HelenNoble.com, and it's N-O-B-L-E. And the book is 25,000 Seeds, Where Love Grows. And, um, Helen, it has been so wonderful to share this time with you. I know uh, you've given some great tips and advice for other authors in transformation, and, uh, and I know you're helping people all the time, but you definitely help people today. So thanks for being a part of Book Journeys Radio. Thank you. It was a pleasure.